Happy New Year, I guess. Maybe 2022 will be different for the Sacramento Kings, even though Kings fans have been saying that since 2021, 2020, 2019, 2018, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, and 7. But hey, maybe 2022 will be different. The Kings end 2021 in a completely appropriate fashion. They get off to a very good start against a super shorthanded Dallas Mavericks team and completely fall apart in the third quarter. I come back from vacation to a team that had won two in a row. Chemezi Metu hit a game winner. Things were feeling pretty good, and here we are. Well, hey, let's put the blame on me, and let's welcome in a new year right here on the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out PrizePicks.com. Use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, uh, formerly for Sacramento Sports Talk Radio, now with ABC 10 News and Television here in the California capital. And first off, I hope you had a very, very Merry Christmas. First episode uh, since the day after Christmas. And uh, maybe you didn't listen to that one as I sat down uh, for a long conversation with uh, Katie Christensen, Sacramento Kings color commentator. But feels like it's been a long time since I've had the privilege, truly, of hosting this Locked on Kings podcast. My wife and I took a vacation that we had had planned since two months before everything went down with the pandemic. Uh, so we were finally able to get that vacation in. And the good news is that over the course of this pandemic, because of wearing masks and because of uh, hand sanitizer and, and social distancing and everything, I've managed to go all the way up until this point without getting sick, like not even a common cold through the entire uh, last almost two years. But of course, when I finally go on vacation, that's when I get sick. Now, good news is it's nothing serious. It's just a small cold. You can hear probably in my voice that I'm extremely congested um, and I'm trying to battle through that. Uh, so it's not that big of a deal, but want to make sure I got that out of the way in case you saw my face and went, wow, he looks rough or heard my voice. And went, wow. He sounds rough. I'm fine. Everything's fine. The, uh, the Kings truthfully are making me more sick than this illness, uh, is, but a combination of the two at the same time, man, that's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, and unfortunately <laughs> I was really looking forward to ending 2021 with a positive podcast. I was looking forward to coming in and talking about the two wins that the Kings got and hopefully a third win, uh, in tonight's game. I was looking forward to talking about Chemezi Metu's awesome moment, hitting that corner three to beat the Dallas Mavericks uh, a couple of nights ago. I was looking forward to uh, Alvin Gentry coming back, this team getting healthy, De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton playing well together. And I, I still want to talk about the positives that I'm seeing out of Marvin Bagley that I'm definitely going to uh, get to at some point during today's podcast. But of course, the Kings have to go and do what they do best that shouldn't surprise me, you, or anybody out there, which is... Give us hope and then take that hope away. 
Now, this wasn't major hope like, hey, the Kings making the postseason or going on a, a consistent winning streak. This was the hope of, hey, maybe being able to <coughs> or end the year recording one positive podcast. But no, the Kings could not do that for me. So here I am, sick, ending 2021 with another Doom and Gloom podcast. And the reality is it's the same damn problem, same old crap. It's the Kings playing well, doing things that are working, relying too heavily on one end of the floor. And when things stop going well, then everything just completely falls apart. And it all happens in the same 12 minutes of time, which is the third quarter. Now, to be fair, if you were to watch this game, you would realize, like I said, that the third quarter really did the Kings in. But if you're looking at the stats, you'd say, wow, it was the second quarter too. When the Kings were outscored 20 to 17 in the second quarter, 32 to 20 in the third quarter, after outscoring Dallas 39 to 34 in the first quarter. Kings shot 60% from the field, 66% from three-point range in that first quarter. Ball movement was fluid. Both Fox and Halliburton were connecting, playing very, very well off of each other. A lot to be positive about. But if you go to my Twitter, at Matt George Sack, you can see with the timestamp, I tweeted right after that quarter was over. I said it was a fun quarter, very enjoyable, but the Kings can't just rely on this to happen or this to continue, that shooting 60% and 66% from three-point range, that was not going to be sustainable for this team. And they needed to maintain the level of effort, the level of play that they were playing with on both ends, even though Dallas scored 34 points in the first quarter. Yes, they got a handful of, of really good looks, but the Kings, I thought, were at least active on the defensive end, and both teams were just making shots, which is pretty unusual for a three o'clock start time. But I knew that at some point, things are going to slow down for the Kings. At some point, they were not going to shoot as well and have as much success on offense as they were having, as much as they were enjoying. How would they respond in those moments? Would they be a team that has grown and learned from their mistakes that they've made a thousand times in the last three years? Or would they be the same old team that completely folds and falls apart? And lo and behold, that's who they were. Second quarter was ugly. Game is close. And I think I tweeted out as well, I can't remember if it was the beginning of the third quarter or end of the second quarter, I said that it felt like the Kings were playing well and the game was overall positive, but the Kings were tied or struggling to maintain a lead against the Dallas Mavericks team that was completely depleted, completely depleted. The list of players that were missing for the Dallas Mavericks is insane, like way worse than what it ever was for the Kings over the last couple of weeks, including Luka Doncic, who's missed 10 straight games now. Kristaps Porzingis played, and he had a, a pretty solid game. I'll talk about him a little bit later on. But this Dallas Mavericks team was completely depleted. They started Jalen Brunson, Reggie Bullock, who hadn't played in a while, comes in and looks great against the Kings, of course. Dwight Powell, who basically had a field day in the paint, especially in the third quarter, Porzingis and Dorian Finney-Smith. And then off the bench, good luck recognizing half of those names that played. But how many times have we said and made the joke, if the Kings play a shorthanded team, they're worse off than if they're playing a strong team that was completely healthy. The reason why we say that is because games like this happen over and over and over again. Kings make the same mistakes. Second quarter is bad. Like I said, I felt like the Kings were still playing well, even though they weren't able to create separation. But that's the problem too. When this Kings team is playing well, 
they're only able to lead by a little bit or keep the game close, especially against a team who, by the way, even when completely healthy, the Dallas Mavericks have been bad this year. They're 17 and 18 on the season. They're completely underperforming from what expectations were. Like this team is not colossally better than the Kings. They're better than the Kings. Don't get me wrong. They're not colossally better than the Kings. So if the Kings were playing as well at basically full strength, they were missing Terrence Davis, who was a late scratch. The Kings were basically at full strength for the first time in forever. And they're playing that well against that depleted of a Mavericks team. They should be up by a whole lot more than a, a couple of points or bouncing and trading the lead back and forth. That's when the Kings were playing well. So what happens when the Kings played bad? Well, they went from having at one point a 10-point lead to being down by 27 points. Only in Kings fashion, man. The Kings, again, scored 39 points. 39 points in the first quarter. They scored 37 in the second and third quarters combined. 57 for the remainder of the game. The Kings almost scored, the Kings scored less than 20 points more in the final three quarters combined than they did in the first quarter. Yeah. Sacramento Kings basketball, ladies and gentlemen, that is your Kings team. They had six players finishing double figures. And to be fair, when they beat the Dallas Mavericks on Wednesday, they had, I think, six or seven players in double figures in that game as well. And we know when this team typically wins, they win as a unit. They don't get carried by one or two guys typically. It's as a team, this team wins. But you're completely healthy. You have six players finishing double figures. Your highest score was Tyrese Halliburton with 17. And you get beaten that bad by this shorthanded Dallas Mavericks team. Yeah, it once again points to the real issue with this squad, which is this group is not good together. I don't know how many times I have to say it. I'm only going to say it really quickly because I don't want to beat a dead horse. It's over. It's done with. But I'll continue to point out my overall point with this team from well before Luke Walton was fired. Lack of adjustments. Bad third quarters. Lack of halftime adjustments. Luke was blamed Almost completely for that. I say almost completely. Not everybody was saying it's 100% Luke's fault, but there are a lot of people out there that were willing to put basically everything on Luke and forgive the players who were failing to execute on the floor consistently. Luke Walton's gone. Same problems exist. Are we going to blame Alvin Gentry? Are we going to blame Doug Christie? Are we going to blame anyone else on this coaching staff? No, we shouldn't blame anybody on this coaching staff. All the blame should be on this group because this group even if the Kings are trying to make adjustments, which I do believe Alvin Gentry has been trying to make adjustments, maybe more than Luke Walton tried to make adjustments. This Kings team is incapable of executing on those adjustments consistently. They cannot handle their own adjustments or the adjustments of the other team. Seen it time in and time again. I don't know what more you need to see for that to become a reality to you. Kings are just a bad basketball team a bad basketball team. I tweeted out at the beginning of this game and it got a pretty negative response, which I, I, I expected. But I'll ask you, do you think that Monty McNair should have been paying close attention to these last two games when it comes to the play of Kristaps Porzingis? We know Porzingis is a name that is probably going to be heavily shopped by the Dallas Mavericks before this trade deadline. Should the Kings be interested in a Porzingis trade? I personally am not a big fan of it. I have no idea what it's going to cost to get Porzingis. His value significantly dropped from even last year and, and a couple of seasons ago. That's for sure. 
But should Monty McNair have been paying close attention to how Porzingis has been playing with the idea that maybe he could be a piece to add to this Kings team that help that potentially makes this team better? I'm not going to make my argument for or against it right now. It's not about my thoughts on it. We can talk about that at a later time. I want to hear your thoughts on it. So send those to me uh, at Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me Sports at gmail.com uh, or feel free to uh, leave your thoughts down in the YouTube comment section down below. I want to talk about Marvin Bagley. I'll do that towards the end of the pod. And I want to talk next about something that Sacramento Kings television host, pre and post game host, Morgan Reagan, who I'm working to have on the Locked on Kings podcast in the near future. Something that she said during post game, a generic post game, like New Year's resolution, Kings New Year's revolution, resolution conversation, and how Kyle Draper respond to it. And I don't like what Kyle said. And I completely like or, or understand and support what Morgan Reagan said. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Right now, though, like I said, our title sponsor of today's Locked On Kings podcast is Prize Picks. You've been hearing me tell you about Prize Picks for months. You need to sign up if you haven't already. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you have not checked it out, you are missing out. I'm telling you, you're going to love this app for NBA and mixed sports pickums. This Christmas, or with the Christmas Day games, a lot of people I know made money on Christmas Day games. Uh, myself and my family members on Prize Picks made money and had a lot of fun with the Christmas Day games. For the remainder of the season, Prize Picks has the best NBA daily fantasy sports prop game on the market. They offer more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator, and they offer all the superstars players as well as the bench players and role players who only record a handful of minutes. So you don't just have to have a knowledge of how De'Aaron Fox is going to play with the Kings. You can have a knowledge of how Rashawn Holmes or Tyrese Halliburton or anybody on the Kings roster is going to play. Price Picks offers any prop that you can think of from points to assists, rebounds, threes made, etc. All you have to do is pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win to 10 times uh, of the amount that you uh, gamble with. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. You're not facing any other players. All you uh, who want to play and who have not signed up yet, use promo code NBA when you sign up and you can get a 100% instant match up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get a free $100 to play with right then and there. Price Picks allows mixed sport entries, so it's not just basketball. You can do it at the same time. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. You will enjoy Price Picks. I guarantee it. I'm not really a New Year's resolution guy. I'm not a guy that that, that says in 2022, I want to hit the gym more or I want to improve my golf game or I want to make more money or anything like that. If that's you and that's what you like to do and, and if you accomplish those resolutions or not, hey, all power to you. I'm really not that kind of guy. I do like to look back on my year though and say, hey, this is uh, what I accomplished or this is what I failed at and blah, blah, blah and, and kind of do a summary of my year. And I've done that on the Locked On Kings podcast before uh, about the Sacramento Kings, choosing not to do that this year, mostly just because I'm, I'm sick and I got back from uh, a vacation recently. But the uh, Locked On, or rather the uh, the Sacramento Kings pre- and, and post-game group, uh, they did a, a, a uh, conversation before this game here tonight about Kings New Year's resolutions. And, and they all came up with really good ones, whether it was about defensive intensity and consistency. Um, but Morgan Reagan's, uh, who is phenomenal, friend of mine, former coworker of mine, and I'm, I'm working to have her here on the Locked on Kings podcast in the near future. She brought up her resolution last, and basically her resolution was what I've been asking for for a while here on Locked on Kings, which is asking for change, 
some kind of change with this team. And she basically said, like, we've seen that this group does not work well together, even if they were coming in off of a game winner and everybody was feeling good with a team that has won two in a row. Like, this group is woefully inconsistent. They underperform. They make the same mistakes over and over again. And as good as they are individually, they do not work as a collective unit. We've seen it so many times. We don't need to see it anymore to know it's true. Morgan Reagan points that out. Kyle Draper, the way Kyle responded to her, and Kyle's a friend of the Locked On Kings podcast. I've had him on before. The way Kyle responded to it, I, I, I took major issue with. Not that he was unprofessional or rude in any kind of way, but basically he said, what do you want, the Kings to go out and get LeBron James and Kevin Durant? No, that's not what Morgan Reagan is saying at all. And Kyle continued to, to say, like, look, the, the Kings are are building something here. And, and if you want to make minor moves, fine, but you don't blow this team up and completely break everything apart. Now that I agree with to some extent. I don't necessarily want the Kings to blow this team up like I've seen some fans calling for on social media for this team to outright tank. I'm not calling for that by any means. But I'm so sick and tired of hearing, and it's not just Kyle, it's a lot of people. Hell, I've even said it. This team is building something. What is this team building? Bad habits? Continued bad habits? What is this team building? I guess you could say a new young core, which we've been saying for over a decade. I guess you could be saying that, and to some extent, you're right with Fox and Halliburton and the, the hope for that unit going forward to add in Rashawn Holmes into that mix, add in maybe Davion Mitchell into that mix. Yeah, like I get that the Kings are trying to build that. Are they really adding to that? Are they really growing with everything that's happening around those two guys? This team is not building anything right now. They're continuing to be the same thing that they are, which is a bad, inconsistent basketball team. This team has been the exact same for three seasons now. What are they building? If you want to build something, you need to change out the hardwood, get some new tools, try a new, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a construction simile or metaphor. Try a new blueprint. There you go. Any contractors out there can help me out. Try something different. Add something new, even if that means you have to give up something of value. I agree 100% with what Morgan Reagan was saying. If I have a New Year's, New Year's resolution for this Kings team, it's for Monty McNair to do something. And I don't mean that as harsh as it sounded because Monty has tried to do things and they haven't worked or they've just fallen apart. But Monty needs to do something. Monty needs to make a change with this group. And even if the Kings had won this game, I was all prepared to host a positive Locked on Kings podcast, but essentially say, look, we have to enjoy win streaks, but not buy into them because we've seen this Kings team multiple times in the last three seasons go on win streaks only to follow them up with colossal losing streaks and failure. That is who this group is. So no, they're not building anything. Or if they are, it's a project that is going to last another 15 years before it's completed or before they scrap it and try again, like they've done, what, six times over the last decade and a half. I do not... I did not like that response from Kyle Draper. I understand what he's saying to some extent, but I, it's wrong. At least in my opinion, it's just wrong. However, one piece who I was early on in the season, really ready for the Kings to move on from, I'm, I'm walking that back a little bit. I'm eating some of my words and I'm talking about Marvin Bagley. I'll talk more about that and explain myself here in just a second. 
Today's Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. I hope you took advantage of all the Built Bar sales during Black Friday around Thanksgiving time. Uh, I hope you got some Built Bars in your stocking or under your tree on Christmas. Built Bar, they're a great New Year's snack as well, and they can help you if you're on, on that New Year's resolution to maybe put on some muscle or, or lose weight or overall be healthier. Built Bar can help you get there while also not having to sacrifice all of the snacks and treats and deliciousness uh, that you enjoy from candy bars, for example. It's the new year. Built Bar is here for you. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar, truth be told. They make it easier for you to stick to those resolutions because it tastes so good. You want to eat it unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or just taste like a chemical spill. That is not the case with Built Bar. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Most bars contain 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. There's so many flavors for you to try. Help Built Bar make your New Year's resolution not just a possibility, but a probability. And when you order on Built.com, make sure you use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 to save you some money while getting healthy and enjoying a delicious treat with Built Bar. At the beginning of the season and early on in the season, when all of the continued off-court drama around Marvin Bagley with his agent and his camp continuing to speak out against the Sacramento Kings after Luke Walton made the decision that that uh, Bagley wasn't going to be really a part of the Kings rotation. Shortly after that, I basically said that, uh, and not basically, I did say that I would be shocked if the Sacramento Kings brought Marvin Bagley back or issued him a qualifying offer. I thought his time with the Kings is done. I'm pretty sure I named a podcast like the Kings and Marvin Bagley are over. I have to walk that back. And I have no problem coming on my podcast or on my social media account or any radio show, any television show anywhere and saying, look, I was wrong or I overreacted to something. I think it was an overreaction to say that. And I think this is why it's important to have the context of a season. This is why it's important to get on the floor, what's happening on the floor, in addition to what's happening off the floor. And I do think that Marvin has failed when it comes to speaking out against the things that the people around him have been saying. But I also am very aware that it's the people, it, or it hasn't been him that has been saying these things. And at least as far as we can tell, inside the locker room, in that practice facility, Marvin has remained popular. He's remained a good teammate. He has the support of his teammates. So I feel that it's fair and it's important for me to recognize what I said before and talk openly and not just ignore when the context might have changed and admit when maybe I was wrong. Not only do I think it's likely that as of right now, the Kings will offer Marvin some kind of qualifying offer. Remember, his qualifying offer I think goes from like 13 million or 14 million down to 7 million or something like that if he doesn't start half of his games or a certain amount of games this season, which he won't. So his qualifying offer more than li likely is going to be around seven, $8 million. Not only do I think it's likely that as of right now, the Kings issue that qualifying offer, I think they'd be foolish not to. Now that being said, the Kings still, I think it's in their best interest to include Marvin Backley in trade talks at this upcoming trade deadline. I think, I don't know what kind of value he has. I think Marvin today has significantly more value certainly than he had during the offseason. And I think he has more value than he had at last year's trade deadline. Now, teams aren't all of a sudden going to trade an arm and a leg for Marvin. But 
Marvin has made clear improvements this year. Clear improvements. The two biggest ones are defensively, he does still make mistakes, but he's not a complete liability on the defensive end like he's been in the past. That's number one. Number two is offensively. We all knew he was gifted offensively and we were wanting him to add the outside shot. He slowly but surely added that to his game. But on offense, he used to be extremely tunnel vision. When the ball would get to him, whether it was in the high post, low post on the perimeter, didn't matter. He was looking to score and score only and the ball movement stopped. It got super stagnant. When the ball was in his hands, he was a ball stopper. He was looking to do one thing, which is basically score with his left hand. It was super easy to defeat, super easy to guard. This year, he has been scoring in the flow of the offense. And when a good shot isn't there or a double team comes, he is making the right decisions in the moment. He's passing out of trouble, moving well off the ball, and getting good opportunities to score. He's recognizing and taking advantage of mismatches. He looks a million times smarter on both ends of the floor, but especially on the offensive end of the floor. Marvin Bagley is clearly improved. Has that had an, or will that have a drastic effect on his trade value? I don't know. I don't know. But I think he still can be included in a trade package that makes this Kings team better. And I would still look to do that if I'm Monty McNair. That being said, if the trade deadline passes and Bagley's still on this roster, you can't just let him walk, regardless of what his agent or his camp or any of them think or say. Even if Marvin's not happy, which he might not be, I have no idea. Even if he's not, you can't let assets walk for nothing. You already did that with Bogdan Bogdanovich letting him go to the Atlanta Hawks. You can't let assets walk. And even if Bagley's not the greatest asset on the planet, he's still an asset. And there's a very good chance that Marvin could go to another team and turn into a good player. Maybe not a great player, like we were all hoping, but a good to solid, decent player. You can't just let that walk if you're Monty McNair in control of a Sacramento Kings team that has not only been bad for a decade and a half, but struggles to attract talent and draft well, even if that wasn't your draft pick. I want to hear your thoughts on Marvin, how he's been playing recently, what you would do with him if you're Monty McNair. I want to hear your thoughts on this Kings team, another disappointing loss, your thoughts on 2021, the Kings year as a whole. If you think 22 is going to be better or worse, let me know why. Your thoughts uh, on uh, what I had to say about Kyle Draper's comments and, and Morgan Reagan's New Year's resolution, everything like that. Making some big changes to this Kings team, wanting to keep this group together one last time and see if it works. Let me know. I'm Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me mattgeorgesports at gmail.com uh, or feel free to leave your thoughts down in the YouTube comment section down below. All right, I need to give my voice a rest. What you didn't hear is that I edited out myself coughing and, and hacking up grossness like six times. So I need to take a nap. I'm not staying up late and partying here on New Year's. I'm going to bed. Uh, and uh, I hope you do if you are choosing to party tonight or party uh, whenever you choose to celebrate the New Year. I hope you do it safely. Hope you enjoy yourselves. Uh, and I cannot wait to uh, start the Locked on Kings podcast in the year 2022. I don't know how that year is going to be for the Kings, but 2021 was a great year for Locked on Kings. I'm so thankful for that. Looking forward to making it even better in 2022. And I have only you to thank uh, for that, or mainly you to thank for that. Thank you so much for your support in 2021. Uh, and I, I hope you stick around for next year and beyond. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Happy New Year's, everybody.